0: Christmas, and of course, the world doesn't really have a clue other than it's a time to give gifts, right? And uh, they're kind of you know, it's very commercialized, probably very self centered a lot of the time. It's kind of easy to lose focus as far as why are we really celebrating Christmas. Uh, Strangely enough, a lot of the world out here doesn't even know, but uh, there's a lot of things involved with Christmas, right? I mean, lots of special memories as you go along, family times, and so forth. I was reading about. Uh, dad uh, was uh, had unwrapped a present with his three-year-old, and he started assembling a new toy in the living room. And a little bit later, the three-year-old wandered off into the kitchen and said, "Mommy, what is a nightmare?" <laughs> you know that's true. You're trying to put a toy together with a three-year-old that <laughs> without using the directions. Uh, and then you know there's this. We, who hasn't experienced this at Christmas time? Upon opening the gifts uh, for mom and dad. We find that dad is just as surprised as everyone else in discovering what he has given. (laughs) Right? Does that not happen? Is that not true to life? Yeah, I'd say that's true at our house. (laughs) Janie, why are you laughing so hard at that? Anyway, uh, yeah, J.D. does the shopping in our house, pretty much. Anyway, well, lots of family fun, and, and that's all good. Praise the Lord for those special times of sharing in that way. But uh, tonight, uh, we are here in this service to really remember uh, what Christmas is all about, why we celebrate. Happened on a dark Judean night. Uh, those shepherds were out there in the fields. They were watching over their flock, and it was, it was dark. It was night. And I think that symbolically kind of pictures where the world is that without Jesus Christ? In Isaiah 8.22, it says, Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. But as we read on a few verses later, we get into to chapter 9 of Isaiah, and it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. I wonder what that light might be. Well, we know as we read on in the story. Well, in this, on this dark uh, night in the Judean hills, we read, as Albert read for us, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Out of the darkness, suddenly the glory of the Lord shone forth. And the shepherds, it says, were greatly afraid, as you can well imagine. And then uh, out of the light came the message. The angelic message. And it said, Luke 2.10, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For all people. A message of, of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. And that message subdues our fears. It's a, it's a message of good tidings and great joy. It's for all people. And what is the message? Well, there is born to you this day in the, in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, today, today's headlines uh, don't really seem as like there's peace on earth. The angel went on to say, uh, You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Like I say, that's interesting, isn't it? A peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We don't see a lot of peace. 2020's seen a lot of strife, political strife, lawlessness, rioting, division, conflict, a worldwide pandemic. Where is the peace? Well, it's found in a person and his name is Jesus. Uh, when he was born, peace was made possible for humanity through this, through this person called Jesus. The Bible calls him the Prince of Peace. I love that title, the Prince of Peace. Ephesians 2.14 says of Christ, quote, for he himself is our peace. Colossians 1.20 says, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus through his cross work has made peace with God possible. True peace hinges on the person of Christ. you know the World Health Organization some time ago announced that depression is now the most widespread illness in the world. Think about that see this is the, this is the most this is the worst health problem in the entire world depression, and it seems the more secular the world becomes, the more depressed it becomes. I mean all kinds of suicide depression. And people are trying to cope with this drug or, or that, you know, whatever it is. There's a philosopher by the name of, of John Gray, and he's an atheist. He wrote a book called Straw Dogs. And in the book he said, quote, Drug use is a tacit admission of a forbidden truth in Western culture. What is that truth? It is that for most people, happiness is beyond reach. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why. For the atheists, I think this is certainly true. It's beyond your reach. You know, they're kind of a miserable lot. For those rejecting Christ, it's true. Happiness is beyond reach. There's ultimately nothing but purposelessness and despair for those who reject God and his plan of salvation the Bible rings true when it says in Isaiah forty eight twenty there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. No peace for them. Augustine said it well, thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. How true that is. This is why the birth of Christ is such good news. In Christ, we have a way back. He is our means of getting right with God. He is the Savior. There are different spheres to peace. Uh, To start with, in Christ, we individually can have peace with God. How how wonderful that is. Uh, I still remember what it was like to not really have peace with God. (laughs) Living a worldly life, I'd come home at night and crash, and I'd say, Lord, forgive me for everything I did today. I I did believe there was a God. I did believe that uh, if I died, I'd probably go to hell. But I I didn't want that to happen. As believers in Christ, the war is over. We are no longer enemies with God. All is well between God and us. We are forgiven. This is the ultimate in peace. Romans 5, 8, and 9 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, that's where we were. Enemies of God. But now we're at peace. We've been reconciled, been brought back into a right relationship with God through the death of Christ. Well, Christ has made peace with God possible through his death on the cross, but it must be personally applied, personally appropriated. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The night before Christ was crucified, he said something. I love the message Christ left with the disciples just as he's approaching the cross. And he said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Well, what's the basis of this peace? Christ says it's his peace and he's leaving it with his disciples. What's the basis for it? Context, right before the cross, he is saying this. It's on the basis of his cross work, which lay straight before him, that he could leave us his peace. We live in a fallen world full of strife and misery. But I want to reiterate with the angel a message of good tidings and of great joy for all people. A Savior was born who is Christ the Lord. He grew up and he went to the cross with the express purpose of taking our penalty. God's an all-holy God. There's an awesome price for sin. The consequence is death. He took our death, paid our penalty so we could have peace with God. We could be forgiven. So yes, for the individual who receives Christ on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's our experience personally. But there's more. For God's people, we are called not only to know peace with God in the sense that our sins are forgiven, but we are also to be, if you will, peace agents, making a difference in the world. As God's people, we're here to now live in peace with one another. I hope we're, we're at peace, right? You're not, you're not declaring war on me tonight, are you? I, I hope not. If so, this message is really for you. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, And me uh, as well, applies to me, certainly first and foremost. Being right with God is now the basis of being right with each other. And it's all centered in Christ. God's spirit now lives inside of us as his people. And part of the fruit of the spirit is peace, God's peace. The way God's people carry on is to be really, I think, a little flavor of heaven on earth Ephesians four three exhorts us to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Colossians three fifteen let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. But beyond that, uh, Romans twelve eighteen says, "If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men." That's why I say we're to be peace agents. Christ said, blessed are are the peacemakers. They should be called the sons of God. This is what God's all about. He's a peacemaker. He's the ultimate provider of peace in, in sending his son so that we might have peace with him. But now he wants his children to be peacemakers as well. We're agents of peace. There's all kinds of warmongers out here in the world stirring up this and stirring up that fire. Just getting everybody, every tribe going against every other tribe out here. That's not what we're about. In a world filled with political corruption, the constant report of COVID deaths and one tragedy after another, constant hatred and infighting, is there really any peace to be found on earth? Well, in a world in which people are through fear of death all their lifetime subject to bondage, as seen in Hebrews 2.15, is peace really to be found? Well, I say yes, there is. It's found on earth in those individuals who know God through faith in Jesus Christ. And there is peace in the experience of God's people who walk in the Spirit and know the fruit of the Spirit, which is peace. But there's still more to come. It's one more sphere of peace I want to touch, uh, touch on with you tonight. As God's people, we not only have personal peace and endeavor to be peacemakers in our interpersonal relationships, But we also know the hope that one day Christ will bring peace to the entire world. You know, we pray, right? Uh, Didn't Jesus teach us to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You think there's war going on in heaven right now? No, it's not. It's a peaceful context. And one day when Christ brings in his kingdom, it's going to be a peaceful context in the world as well. And we're still praying to that end. When Christ was born, the wise men came seeking to worship the one born King of the Jews. The angel announced to Mary that she had found favor with God. And he said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. That's the second coming. First coming, he came to die for our sins. The second coming, he's coming back to reign. There is going to be a fulfillment of of the second part, just like there was of the first part. 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah prophesied this. Unto us a child is born. Fulfilled. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. You know, we got government problems. But not in this day. Not in the kingdom. The kingdom government's going to be on Christ's shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful. Love that name. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, you ready for this? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God will bring it to pass. Indeed, the light has come and is shown in the hearts of his people and shown us the way of peace. It's found in the salvation that God has provided in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we can personally have peace with God as we accept Jesus as our savior. And we can know this peace in our experience as we walk in the spirit. And we look forward to world peace at the coming of Jesus Christ to come and set up his kingdom. Truly, Jesus is the prince of peace. At Christmas time, we often sing joy to the world written by Isaac Watts. I think with a lot of songs we sing and we don't even think about what we're singing. We just kind of sing. And, and I guess there's a place for that, but I don't know where it is. But anyway, um, but joy to the world. It, it, just a, a couple of refrains from the song. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. That's really a song about the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes to rule in righteousness. But in order for that to be a reality, he had to come the first time. He had to be born a savior who is Christ the Lord. He had to die as the savior. He had to rise again. And he must also come again and rule the world as the prince of peace. In the midst of the Civil War, poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow penned this Christmas carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And again, uh, a couple paragraphs from that, he wrote, And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But even in an anguish, Longfellow wrote on, express a godly hope then pealed the bells more loud and deep god is not dead nor doth he sleep the wrong shall fail the right prevail with peace on earth goodwill to men whatever our circumstances this christmas and for the world at large the circumstances are not great but i remind you that jesus said peace i leave with you not as the world gives do i give to you let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We serve the Prince of Peace. Let that sink down deep into your hearts this Christmas season. Finally, Romans fifteen thirteen, and I conclude with this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together and dim the lights, and we'll sing together "Silent Night." And then I'll close us in prayer. But let's uh, let's sing together. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round Virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep. Shepherds quail. Ah! Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Lord, we thank you so much for the salvation that you have provided, as seen in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we've heard many uh, testimonies tonight as far as what Jesus means to us. And really, uh, we come back to that, that whole idea, he's everything to us. For time and eternity, uh, Lord, all that you have provided, all that we have is found in Jesus Christ. And so we want to thank you tonight for providing.